welcome to another night of adventures in love, sex, and dating. I'm your host, Linda. Tonight we have three lucky bachelorettes pining for the love of our suave and debonair bachelor. Our bachelor, who's backstage in a soundproof booth, will join us shortly after we introduce our lovely bachelorettes. Bachelorette number one is a glamorous young lady who works as a makeup artist and personal shopper for suburbanites in the Northern Virginia area. When she's not playing dress up with herself or others, she likes basking in the attention of her many male suitors. Her dating motto is, if he ain't paying, he ain't staying. Please welcome Nancy Narcissist. Bachelorette number two is the definition of a go-getter. After getting multiple degrees in non-related fields, she's climbing her way up the ladder of success on Capitol Hill. She enjoys working, turning in assignments, leading conference calls, and playing Jenga. You can always find her with a cell phone bordering dangerously on 0%. Please welcome Betty Busy. Bachelorette number three is, well, here. After finishing school in the DC area, she decided to pursue whatever people pursue these days. She spends her time switching between diet fads and telling people she does CrossFit, even though she really doesn't. One could say you just never know what you're getting with this one. Please welcome Jane Doe. And now let's meet our bachelor, a handsome 30-year-old consultant living in Arlington, Virginia by way of another state completely. Marty enjoys running near the DC monuments, shopping for the same v-neck t-shirt in different colors, and updating his online dating profile. Help me welcome Marty Misguided to Adventures of Love, Sex, and Dating. Hello there, Marty. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking for in a woman? Sure thing, Linda. I'm looking for a good-natured girl, beautiful on the inside and out. Um, kind of like a Mother, mother Teresa, but is also a supermodel, um, a good child caregiver, a um, good cook, but most importantly, loves my mother. Wow, I mean, sounds too good to be true, Marty. Well, if you know how the game works, you're gonna ask a series of questions to our lovely bachelorettes. They're gonna answer as best as they can, and then at the end of the night, you're gonna pick one lucky lady. How does that sound? That sounds terrific, Linda. All right, let's All get right. started. Let's do it. Bachelorette number two, if we were dating and we disagreed on an important topic, how would you handle it? Well, it depends on how extensive the research is. If I do my research and I, I you know, end up seeing that all of the arguments are in my favor, I think the debate is pretty much over. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't take my side, so at that point the discussion's done. Sounds very practical. Bachelorette number one, if we were dating and one of your friends didn't like me, how would you handle that? Well, if they didn't like you because they thought you were ugly, then I would tell them, would I be with someone who's ugly? No, then he's not ugly, you're ugly. But if they didn't like you for some other reason, then I would have to really reconsider my needs. Like, do I choose my friend or you? Okay, sounds reasonable. Bachelorette number three, what would your ideal date be with me? Whatever your ideal date would be. Whatever you like. All right, what a round. Well, we have a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. So, grew up with three sisters. I've got six nieces and I've been married for just short of 20 years. Now, Susan 
hates it when I say 20 years because I usually add on top. So I think we're about, about 46 days short of our 20th anniversary. And so, so today we're going <laughs> to... So today we're going to continue the talk um, really about are you the person, the person you are looking for is looking for. And ladies, again, today is Ladies Day. And so this is really geared towards you. But men, I know we have a tendency to check out, okay, when we think they're talking to the ladies. You guys need to stay engaged today, all right, because a lot of what I'm talking about today, and one of the reasons where, why a guy is giving this is because we're following up on what we heard last week. For the guys, okay, what Deacon Michael talked about, there was a lot of responsibility put on the men. And so you guys need to stay awake for this. Okay, so this is one of those tag team. And also, I heard a little bit that some of the married folks are going, yeah, this is talk about, you know, dating and things like that, and we're well beyond that. So I've been out of the dating pool for 30 plus years, obviously. Okay, but there are some real nuggets, okay, that as a married guy for 20 years, I'm still learning from my beloved wife about things that I can improve upon. And for the young people, okay, whether it's a young lady or a young man, there are some things in here that I wish I knew when I was your age, okay? And things that I think will help you as you get into your marriages or start looking for, as you're dating, start looking for spouses. And then for those folks who are already married, things that we can do now, even now, to have that kind of marriage that we want to have. And so hopefully in today, as I get through here, that you'll see that we're going to cover all the different ranges, guys, girls, young, old, unmarried, marrieds, so let's, let's see if I can tackle that, okay? Big, broad field today. All right. So today, we're gonna, again, we're going to be talking more and more about the person the person you are looking for is looking for. So making sure we are who we want to be as we're looking for our spouse, okay, or with our spouse. Now, for some of you, you may have missed the past couple weeks, okay? So Abuna gave the first talk, and then Deacon Michael gave the talk last week. And so because I'm going to build on some of those concepts, I'm going to take a step back very, very briefly and go over some of the concepts that we heard about in week one and then also in week two. So in talk one, we heard from Abuna that marriage is the best thing ever and we can all have a very, very happy marriage. Okay, that goes against us sometimes what you hear in culture today. Okay, a lot of the mass media says all the marriages are failing. You can't have a good marriage. Okay, we're here to say that yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay, and that's the good news. And I tend, some people who know me, sometimes I get into the gloom and doom. And you'll see as I go through and talk today, you'll see I'll probably, I'll start off a little bit of gloom and doom. But hopefully at the end, you will see that there is hope. Okay, there is hope for a happy marriage. Okay, and for some of those people who may be in a marriage, they've been in marriage for years and years and years, going, there is no hope for me. Trust me, there is hope. And for the young people, if you put some of these things into place now, and Abuna was talking about this, a lot of the problems that we have in marriages, okay, are a, they come from baggage that we brought into the marriage. They're single-person problems that we bring into that marriage. And so the way to deal with that and the time to deal with that is now, is before you get married. Okay? <clears throat> so. One of the things that Abuna talked about when he first spoke was that people are looking for chemistry, okay? It's all about chemistry, okay? And that's what society is telling you. If you find the right person, if you have that chemistry, okay, you'll live happily ever after. Okay, that's not reality, and Abuna talked about that. Abuna also spoke a little bit more about 
about what it is to be in love, or what love truly is, and I'll get there in just a second. But I think it's, it's pretty clear that, uh, though I grew up here in the United States, okay, and so a lot of people look and have asked me over the years, have said, you know, hey, Kurt, you know, I, we want to date American style. We want to do it the way that the American people do it because we think that's the best thing to do. Now, I'm here to tell you, I've got two boys. My, youngest, my eldest son is 13 years old, and Susan and I have already discussed it. Our boys will not date American style, okay? I've been there, okay? And what we see is that it's flawed. It's a mess right now. I work for a corporation. If half, more than half of everything that our corporation made was broken, what would you do in a corporation? You'd fix it, right? More than half of the marriages out there right now are broken, okay? We need to fix it, which is exactly why Abuna and the team set up this, this series of talks because we need to address the way that things are happening right now and equip our church to be able to better handle the insults that are coming in from the world and to, you know, get the people, the younger people, yes, this is geared for some of the younger people, okay? The real talk in love, sex, and dating. And some of the racier talks are even yet to come. Okay, I know that Deacon Michael last night, last week, got a little racy with the guys. Okay, this is a G presentation on my side. Okay, but moving forward, there are some real, real benefits of doing the marriage thing right, and sex is one of them. Okay, but you've got to do it the right way. And, and quite frankly, I have a lot of friends who dated American style, and quite literally, I saw it destroy these people's lives. Young, my best friend in high school, okay, at the time, 17, 18 years old, was ready to commit suicide because his girlfriend broke up with him. Okay had everything going for him. He's now a, the head of a, of a large ER up in Pennsylvania. You know, has hundreds of people reporting to him. But he was ready to end it all because of a girl. Okay? Emotions were running high. He thought it was the end of the world. He couldn't live without her. You know, we're in high school. It was, it was a total mess. And so we had this roller coaster. You know, he was in love, and then boom, he was out of love. And he was in love, and he was out of love. Two weeks later, they were back together. Everything was great in the world. Two weeks after that, they broke up again. And it was just this cycle, okay? And it was, it was ridiculous. And, and I, I have story after story after story of people like that. And that's why we're going to tell our sons, no, no, okay? We, you guys are not going to get into that. You know, 13-year-old, you're not going to date a 13. Okay, and I can get on my soapbox, and I don't want to get on my soapbox about my, my theories and things like that. Nadia's not in the audience here today. This is not something new, okay? Even though Luke is 13 and, you know, we're getting there. I was Nadia's Sunday school teacher way back when in California. And she'll tell you that was the same thing I was saying, you know, 15 years ago, is that there are things that are broken. We need to look at the way people are dating. Again, which is why I'm talking to the ladies tonight, today. Okay? So you guys with me so far? All right, still in week one. All right. Now, one of the things that we need to work on and focus on for our relationships is understanding what a, really, what a healthy relationship looks like. Okay, mass media does not model healthy relationships. Abuna said, how are the guys perceived in most of mass media today? You, you watch any type of TV show and things like that. Okay, the husbands, bumbling, can't do anything right. Okay, just, just foolish, just foolish. And, and today, again, I'm speaking to the guys today. Okay, I'm going to speak about three things today, guys and girls. Okay, respect, submission, and contentment. Okay. I know that some of these are controversial topics, okay? But these are topics that are addressed, again, to the guys and the girls. 
All right, and guys, we have to step up because if we expect certain things of our, from our wives, we need to step up and take a leadership role. I'll get into a little bit more about that later. But we need to have healthy relationships. We need to model those healthy relationships, not only for our families, for our children, but for the rest of the world. Because again, when you have a healthy relationship, you're gonna have a happy relationship. And what does society want today? They want to be happy. And what are they doing? They're seeking happiness through all different kinds of things. Drugs, okay, alcohol, okay, pornography, sex. That's how they're seeking happiness. But what we're gonna talk about today is the one true way to happiness. And also, if you have a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage, that is a happy marriage. Okay, and there's a way to get there. Again, please, some of the people are going, my marriage is a mess. I can't get there. There is hope. You can get there. But it's going to take work. And again, ladies, a lot of this is on you guys. Okay, a lot of this is on you guys. Okay, because, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I get all excited. I forgot one of my visuals, which I'll explain in a couple minutes. But again, ladies, look at us. Okay, I am not Prince Charming. Okay, Susan thought she married Prince Charming, but I'm not Prince Charming. Okay, we are very fragile. Guys are very fragile. We have very fragile egos. And there are things that you can do to build us up, and there are things that you can do to destroy us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. All right, so establishing healthy relationships, refining our communication skills, developing tools for conflict resolution, because you know, it's not going to be happily ever after. You're going to hit conflicts. And then establishing, probably the most important, is establishing a healthy understanding of who we are, what our strengths and weaknesses are, and most importantly, what our relationship with our Heavenly Father is like. Because that is the key. Okay? We, you know, we watched the Jerry Maguire movie, right? You had me at hello. You complete me. Okay? Susan will tell you, okay, I am the first one to, she thought she was getting, you know, somebody who liked to shop, because when we were courting, I liked to shop. She thought she was getting somebody who liked to talk, okay, because when we were courting, I would get on the phone for hours, or we would sit and have coffee, and we would talk for hours, okay, yeah, um, I, I, I got to catch, catch my wife's eye right now. Because what's the biggest thing right now, she tells me, she says, getting you to talk is like pulling teeth. Okay, because I come home, she wants to talk about my day. I don't want to talk about my day. I just lived it. Okay? <laughs> and I, I just, I really don't want to talk about it. I want to move on. When we go shopping, when we go shopping, what does she do? She treats me like, doesn't treat me like a one-year-old, but I need snacks. <laughs> she takes goodie bags for me because that way, because I am a, a bad shopper. Okay, I'm a very, I, you know, we talk about the, the men being waffles and women being spaghetti. I go in with a mission. I am mission-oriented. I don't want to go browse the hundreds rack. I want, if I want a pair of pants, I go in and get a pair of pants, and I'm out. Okay, anything beyond that is torturous, and so she brings me Mike and Ike's <laughs> to keep me happy. Okay, and so, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, before we were married, I was a different beast than I am right now. And ladies, if you think you're going to get your guy and you're going to change him, I'll make him what I want him to be. Okay, it's not going to happen. Okay? I had hair, too, before we got married. You know, and so it's just one of those things that if you're looking for Prince Charming, okay, you're not going to find it. All right, so fin finishing up on week one. What Abuna also talked about is he talked about the characteristics of love. Love is patient. 
Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not proud, and it does not dishonor others. Okay, again, we need to remember that. Those are key concepts from week one of Buna's talks. All right, moving on to week two. Okay, Deacon Michael last week spoke to the guys. Okay, he reminded us that guys are designed to be leaders. That is what we were created for. And he challenged us as men to step up. We need to lead. And I'm going to follow right up on that today. Okay, because, again, I'm talking about respect, submission, and contentment. And guys, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out right to the ladies, okay? They are going to look to us to lead them. We need to step up as leaders. That is, before you get into a marriage, while you're in your marriage, okay, and when you have children, you need to be the leader. That is what God calls us to do. Okay, no getting out of it. And so again, ladies, we're talking primarily to you today, but guys, you guys have to step up. Now, <clears throat> again, one of the other things we heard from Deacon Michael last week is that women are not to be treated as commodities. They are to be treated as queens. Okay? And that's where we're going to pick up today right now. We need to give them the honor that they deserve. Now, speaking of queens... Okay, Amuna talked about living happily ever after. So the graphic I chose was Cinderella. Okay, we're, again, this is G-rated. We're going to stay with the Disney theme for some of this stuff. Okay, now, I think the fallacy, and this is the first uh, fill-in in your, in your uh, handout there, is that there is a myth that if I find and marry Prince Charming, we'll live happily ever after. Okay, and then there's, you know, there's Prince Charming and Cinderella in front of the castle and, you know, and they've got the pumpkin and everything else like that. And life is going to be happily ever after. Well, again, um, just finding and landing Prince Charming is not going to get you there. Okay, we can be happy. We can have a life and a marriage that is happy. We can get there. Again, but just by finding your Prince Charming, it's not going to do it. One of the things that... Um, that I, I, I want to reinforce, and I talk to my kids about this, is that finding happiness in a human being, okay, you can't place all your happiness in a human being because human beings are, are fallible. We're going to make a mistake. Sometime or another, doesn't matter how wonderful your man is, he is going to fail you, okay? He is going to fail you. And so if you place all of your happiness in that one individual, you're setting yourself up for failure. So ladies, I'm going to encourage you, okay, don't be looking to that guy, okay, who's a good shopper now, okay, perfect example, I'm not going to be a good shopper, you know, may not be a good shopper, he has hair, looks change, okay, I was also 40 pounds lighter before we got married, okay, now, Susan told me I grew into my man body, so that's not a bad thing, but I am not the man that she married, okay, I like to think that I'm actually a better man than when she married me because of my wife, she strengthened me in so many ways. She challenged me in so many ways to be the leader of my household. And so I'm going to give you ladies some tips on how you're going to get there. Okay, but again, just by marrying your Prince Charming is not going to get you there. All right. So, I'm sorry, before I move off of that slide. One of the Bible verses, again, okay, Abuna was dispelling this myth, this myth of the happily ever after. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put away the childish, childish thoughts behind me. Okay? That fairy tale dream, the Disney World dream, okay, it is achievable, 
but it's not just going to be poof. You know, your fairy godmother ma waves the magic wand. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to take a lot of work. All right. So how do we get there? Okay, again, gloom and doom. Kurt, you're telling me I can't have this fairy tale life. I can't have a happy marriage. How are we going to get there? Walking in the word is the way that you're going to get there. Okay, Romans 15.4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we may, that through patience and comfort of the scripture, we might have hope. So there is hope. And again, today we're going to talk about respect, submission, and contentment. And I love the graphic that's up there right now. Because I don't know if you can see, it's a little bit far away. But you have a woman who is walking on the word, who is trusting in the Bible and the words of the Bible to get her where she needs to go, to, to bridge that gap. That's what really the take-home message is today is you can't rely on culture today. You can't rely on society. You can't rely on mass media. You have to rely on what's tried and true, and that is the word of God, okay, and a relationship with God. All right, so let's get a little bit more practical. All right, this one is key, okay? This one is key. Women, you have the power to raise up, and you have the power to destroy. Proverbs 12:4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. Okay? Again, society portrays most men as bumbling fools. We can't do anything right. If you have a wife, okay, who you're coming home to every evening, who is reinforcing that concept out there, what is it going to do to you? What is it going to do to the guy who is supposed to be the leader in his household? It's going to chop him right down at the knees, right? Okay, so that's why respect is so important. Uh, in her book, uh, a book by Nancy Wilson, she encourages women to reflect on their view. Now, sometimes people have this lovely view. Maybe they do have a good marriage. And a lot of times women who get into a good marriage, all of a sudden they will look beyond the good marriage and pick out the weeds. Okay, no matter how good their marriage is, they're going to find something wrong. Oh, the shrubs need to be trimmed. The weeds can be pulled, okay? And we're speaking about that metaphorically with the guy. Okay, you can always find something wrong. We are, by our nature, men. We are a mess, right? Okay, we are a mess. There's always room for improvement. And a wife, or, you know, and even before you're married, when you're in a dating relationship, you can either focus on the good stuff or you can focus on the bad things. Okay, you can build up or you can destroy. It really depends on your view. Now, others... Clearly, you know, maybe they, they recognize that their husband is, is a mess or their, you know, their boyfriend's a mess or their future spouse is a mess, okay? Then, but, they, but they see beyond that. They look up and they say, okay, you know, God, there's, there's a tremendous amount that you can do here. One of the things that we're do, you know, depend, doesn't matter what kind of view you have, okay? The Bible says very, very clearly that we are called to respect one another and particularly women are called to respect their husbands. Now, <clears throat> in Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, again, the graphic is a little, maybe a little bit hard to read in, in terms of the light there, but I'll read it to you, is why I choose to respect my husband even when he doesn't deserve it. Again, sometimes God, it's tough. You know, women, I get it. I come home and Susan would love to see me talk more. 
and I want to talk more. But sometimes I just, it, there, there's stuff weighing on me right now that I just, I just can't do it. And I really need Susan at that point to, instead of kind of heaping it on, heaping the coals on, is to still respect me, respect my wishes, even though she doesn't agree with it. Okay, and that's hard. That's brutal. How do you respect a guy okay, when, you, when you don't believe it? Now, one of the things that, again, in your handout, the second fill-in is thankfulness drives away discontent. And respect and honor build the husband up. Now, one of the things that respect really comes out is, is how the way the wife treats her husband. Now, it goes beyond just a feeling. You know, again, you can, have, you can respect, you can feel respect. You can say, oh, I respect him. Okay? But if you don't have those actions to follow that up, and your words are not consistent with your feelings, okay, there's, there's, there's a disconnect there. So ladies, again, okay, the key to respect, it's not just a feeling, it's an action. Now the graphic that I didn't bring up for me was something that Susan did a number of years ago, um, which was she had me lay down a piece of butcher paper and, and kind of did an outline of me on butcher paper. And then she wrote words on the butcher paper. And these were words in areas where, where it was words that were kind of cutting words, disrespectful words. And again, so picture a big piece of butcher paper up here with a picture of a man drawn on. You know, how come you can't keep the house up as neatly? How come you don't make as much money? Okay, why do you let the kids play so much video games? Okay, and those words, okay, maybe they're subtle, maybe they're big ones, but they constantly cut, 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 cut. And the visual I want you to get from there is that words can either build up or words can destroy. Guys are very sensitive. By the end, you do enough cutting words, he's going to be in, in shreds. He's going to be in ribbons. Okay? And yet, this is, the, this is the person who last week we heard needs to step up and take a leadership role. But every time, maybe they try to step up and take a leadership role, and you tell them, you're doing it wrong. Why didn't you do it this way? There's only, again, we're fragile. As men, we're fragile, Right? Okay, there's only so much of that you can take. A lot of times, if you're not getting that respect in the home, where are you going to go for that respect? Abuna talked about it in week one. Okay, that guys will look elsewhere. Respect is a key component of the male ego. And if you're not going to get it at home, and the women and your, you know, your wife is not going to give it to you, you will find it somewhere else. There will be somebody out there that will, that will respect you. Could be a colleague. Could be somebody you meet over coffee like that. And this is why men have extramarital relationships. It's because if they're not getting it home or if they don't want to go home because they know they're going to get beat down, they're going to go find those kind of strokes somewhere else. That's why women, okay, respect is incredibly key. Now, one of the things is, again, we know we are not perfect. Guys are the first ones to admit that. Well, I would say most guys. Many guys think they are perfect, okay? I think one of the biggest things for guys as a leader you need to understand your strengths and weaknesses. You need to know kind of where you're strong and where you're not so strong. Okay, do a SWOT analysis. Okay, your wife is your partner. She's not your enemy. This is where you guys come together as a team. Okay, and women work on building the husbands up. Okay, now I'm not saying that, you know, again, we have husbands who are making a lot of mistakes. And I'm not saying if, if, a, if a wife turns around and says, okay, I respect you, and really goes out of her way to respect her husband, that that's going to cure everything. But that's going to go a long way. It's going to go a long way for him, because you'll see at the end, 
I have a, there's a little bit of a cycle there, okay, is that respect from a wife will strengthen the leadership of the husband. And it is a cycle. The more respect you give him, okay, the more he will become a strong leader. And so we need to respect one another. Now, again, this is not easy. There are whole programs out there for women to work on the whole respect issue because, again, it is going against culture right now. It's counterculture. Most of the culture out there says, again, guys are, guys are foolish. They don't deserve our respect. They're not doing a good job. We can do a better job. Okay. It's, some, you know, it's, it's one of those things that for the next 30 days, okay, I know that last week Deacon Michael challenged the ladies, or challenged the men, okay, towards a life of purity purifying their eyes. Ladies, okay, over the next 30 days, okay, I'm going to challenge you to show your husband respect. Okay, every day, okay, this came out of actually what they call, it's a 30-day husband encouragement challenge. It's through Revive Our Hearts. It says, for the next 30 days, you can't say anything negative about your husband to your husband or to anyone else about your husband. Say something that you admire, appreciate your husband, to your husband, and to someone else about your husband. So think about that. What's one of the first things, and we're going to get to contentment in a, in a few moments here. It's one of the first things that we do when things aren't going well. We want to go out there and want to talk to somebody else about it, right? And sh- commiserate. We want to share our miseries. And what does that do to your husband? If you're going out there and you're saying, you know, Susan going out to, to Julie and saying, you know, Kurt just did this. Can you believe he did that? Okay, and she's, you know, she's getting that, that camaraderie. But what's it doing to me? Taking me down at my knees, right? Okay. And if Susan, she, you know, she'll tell me, Kurt, I think you need to work on this. Okay. As long as that's done in a healthy, respectful way, that helps me grow. And she has helped me grow as a husband because she can say it to me in a healthy growth kind of way. And that's healthy communication. Okay. And so, again, respect is key there. All right. So next one. This one is, um, I'm going to I'm gonna pick up the pace here. I'm running a little bit behind. And so submission. Now, this is a very, very controversial topic. And when Boone asked me to talk to the ladies, you know, he threw this one in there. I was like, ooh. You know, this is one of those tough ones because, again, if you th- most people, when you think about submission, the first thing I thought about submission was weakness, right? That, again, through society, most people think, think if you're being submissive, you're being weak. All right, so I'm going to encourage you as we talk about this right now is to keep an open mind for me, please. Okay? Submission, all right, the real take-home from this is submission is more about being a servant than being weak. Two different types of submission. One is general submission, okay? And the graphic that I have here, I absolutely positively love because that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ washing the feet of the disciples. And we just had the liturgy of the water a couple weeks ago, Okay? Now that is, this is the son of God who humbled himself and submitted to the other people. Now, is he being weak in this particular scenario? Absolutely not. This is a, this is a strength position, right? So in his submission, he is being strong. So the first fallacy that I'm trying to break down today is that submission does not equal weakness. And ladies, when we talk about the next thing, which is submission to your husbands, it is not a position of weakness, Okay. It is a position of obedience to God, which will in turn strengthen your husband, which will in turn help your marriage. And you will be obedient to God and you will be blessed for that. Okay, so submission 
is not a weak position. And general submission is, this is not directed just at the ladies. This is directed at everybody. We are called to submit to one another. John three, uh, 13, 14, and 15. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Submission is such a hot topic in March of two, uh, 2015 this year. It was in USA Today. And they were talking about how, you know, with the, the feminism and equal rights and there's all these questions about what we should do and what's the role of the woman in the household and the women in the job place and everything else like that. And even within certain denominations, there is fighting going on about the role of the woman in the household. And is submission biblical? Okay, and so, again, the take-home here is submission is biblical. This is what we are called to submit to one another. Okay, there's no question about that. But yet we still fight about it. Now, again, if you think about submission, also think about the military. Okay, you, th- you know, these, especially around here, a lot of these military folks, I do not consider them weak folks. I mean, it takes a lot to, to submit, even when you don't think something is right. They will still do it. They will, they will because that is the way they, it is, is recognized. It's what they're supposed to do. Okay, now, do we submit in every single situation? Absolutely not. I'm not talking about being a doormat. Okay, if there's something wrong, if you were called to submit to something that is biblically wrong, okay, we don't do that. Okay, we're not asking people to compromise their values. We're not asking for people to do something that is not biblical. We're asking to follow God's directions. Okay, and submit just like, and to follow the, the role of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be a servant is about the submission. All right, so now we move off of general submission into the one that's highly controversial is specific submission. So this is where wives are called to submit to their husbands. I think everybody recognizes Ephesians 5, 22, 23. That's the, uh, the verse that's read during the, the uh, marriage ceremony. Okay, and everybody snickers and giggles and rolls their eyes and all other kinds of good stuff. Um, but I, I did find this graphic up here. It says, submission is strength to the soul of a woman who finds worth and purpose in the eyes of her loving father, the king. Okay, again, if you look at submission not as a, as a, as a weakness, but more as submission as obeying God, following God's rules, okay, and encouraging the person who's been set up in a leadership role, encouraging your leader, just like the respect thing. Men, we are set up. We are not to force our wife to submit to us, okay? We are to love her like Christ loves the church. Okay, again, this is not something, this is, we cannot command and demand submission from our wives. This is something that the wives choose to do. It is a choice. Okay, submission is a choice. Now, if they choose to obey God's word and follow the scripture, Ephesians 5, 22 and 23, and there's a whole host of other verses, okay, about wives submitting to their husbands. Okay, that is their choice. They are promised that they will get benefits from that. God promises them a joyful life. If Think about that. Think about that for a moment. Okay? Sometimes we, we, we turn to Scripture. Okay? Uh, we are called to honor our parents, our mother and father, right? And I tell my kid that. You are to honor your mother and I. And I am to honor my mother and father. Okay? It doesn't stop now that I'm in my... I have kids of my own. Okay? If I don't like what my dad is saying to me or my dad is yelling at me, do I still need to honor him? Absolutely. Can we pick and choose what scripture we want to follow? No, we can't. 
We are called by God to honor our parents. We are also called by God to submit to one another. Okay? And wives, yes, you are called to submit to your husbands. Okay? But again, husbands, huge role here for you. Okay? Read that a little further. Okay? Husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. So think about that. What did Christ do for the church? Christ laid down his life for the church. Right? Husbands, we want our wives to submit. We need to be ready to lay down our lives for our wives. Okay? If you are willing to do that, and you are willing to serve your wife, okay, it doesn't make you any less of a man. It actually makes you a stronger man if you're willing to serve your wife. Think about how much easier it will be for her to submit to you. Okay? Think about that, guys, for a second. Okay? You want your wife to submit to you, you need to humble yourself. Now, if we take back, you know, submission, again, ladies, submission is not easy. And I recognize that I'm asking something that's really hard here. Think about all the way back, Eve. Eve had a real tough time with submission, right? Okay, think about it. Genesis 3. All right, so, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Okay? In week one, Abuna talked about our desire as people to be naked and not be ashamed, right? People remember that? Do you guys remember that when he talked about that? He was not talking necessarily about physical nakedity. He was talking about emotional nakedity. Abuna was talking about how we can be open, and that's what Susan doesn't really want me, well, she wants me to talk, but her big thing is she wants to be me to have a relationship, to be open with her to share my feelings, okay, to be vulnerable. That's what we're looking for. Now, Eve, when she sinned and when she fell out of submission, they, she recognized that she was naked and covered herself up. And that's where we started to see the closing down of that communication. Okay? When Eve was in submission to God and submission to her husband, that was when she was closest to God. So again, ladies, challenging you. Okay? This is tough. This is tough. But again, biblically it says we need to be submissive. Okay, not only to our husbands, but also we need to submit to God. Do you think it was easier for Eve to be submissive than it is for ladies today? You can go either way with that one. Maybe something to dig deeper as you guys go out to lunch today. So, okay, I know there's some digger deep, uh, dig deep things on your handout, but uh, one other one to think about. All right. So, in terms of uh, wives submitting to the, the husband, all right, and again, I'm going to go quickly here, all right, it's as the husband, as the head of the household, all right, this is not a head as in terms of, you know, that she, he created Eve, okay, because there's only one marriage in, in, in the world that that ever happened, okay, which is Adam and Eve, but it's more of the head as the central nerve center. And again, guys, this is where you are called to step up, okay, you are called to be responsible in your household for what goes on. All right, when we're in the judgment seat, who is God going to look at for what happened in the household, in the, in the family? Who is it? It's the guys, right? It's not the ladies. The guys, you are called to step up. You are called to be leaders. Okay, the head is the source. When there's something, when the body touches something hot, okay, 
We expect it to pull back. That means there'd be a centralized nerve system, right? The guy is the head. That is where those nerves, the nexus comes together. Okay, you guys need to be responsible. We need to be responsible there. We, need, we want our wives to submit. We need to make sure we step it up. And we will be held accountable for that. Submission can be joyful and freeing, okay? And there are three primary reasons, ladies, why you submit. One is out of obedience to God, and hopefully we've kind of talked about that a little bit more. Two is to build up her husband, encourage him as a role as a leader. I think we've covered some of that. And number three, okay, as I just kind of challenged the guys, it takes some of the pressure and responsibility off the wife, right? If you're submitting to your husband, big decisions. It's not saying, you know, that you don't talk over big decisions with your husband, but the husband is responsible before God for those decisions. It takes some of the responsibility off you. It takes some of the pressure off. Guys, we are called. That's what it means to be a leader. When the CEO, when something goes bad, who's he going to go to? Is he going to go to the junior staff or is he going to go to the leader? He's going to go to the leader. Guys, you are called to be leaders. You want your wives to submit, step up. Make it easier on them. Three benefits for the ladies. All right. Moving on. Um, into contentment. So one of the things is when we rack the Prince Charming, all right, we, this happily ever after life and things like that. Okay, that's a fallacy. Life is hard. Life is not going to be easy. He will let you down, ladies. Okay, we know that's going to happen. And we can't be the sole place where you gain your hope. Now, in an article by Jenny Ortland, she said that marriage is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. The paradox in marriage is that you have to build a truly great marriage. You have to be willing to be unhappy at times. And we didn't bargain for that. Again, this is where singles, you guys need to make sure you take note. You have to be willing to be unhappy. And if you're not careful, you can take a rare and beautiful relationship, the mystery of two human beings becoming one flesh, and smash it with a sledgehammer of selfishness. Now, unhappiness here does not mean that life is not always going to be live happily ever after. You're going to face challenges, and in order to be able to respect and submit, you're going to need, some, need something very, very special. Okay? And that is contentment. Right? Contentment is um, recognizing, again, that the power comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? If a woman is discontent, okay, think about a rainy day or a dripping faucet. And the verse in Proverbs 27, 15, how annoying is that, right? And so it even says in Proverbs, a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. So if you have a woman who is discontent, the Bible refers to it as a dripping faucet or a drip, a constant drip that is annoying, 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 okay? We in life have so many things that we can be discontent with, right? There's so many things you look out there. It's so easy to go through and say, okay, we don't have enough money. We don't have the right house. We don't have the right, you know, I don't have the right shoes. I need a new dress. I'm too fat, you know, and there's so many things that you can just kind of go list and list and list and list. And so what are you going to do with that? You know, is it that, again, you could be discontent. You could turn that discontent into disrespect for your husband. You can turn that discontent, that disrespect, into a lack of submission. Then we get into a vicious cycle. So again, why I'm focusing a little bit more on contentment is we all know that life is difficult. We all know that there are many things to groan about, okay, and complain about. But it all depends on what you do with it. And the first thing that, that, quite frankly, we all need to do, again, it comes back to the respect thing, is to control our tongues. Okay, because you can feel discontentment. You can be upset. And you can be, you know, just downright, life stinks. 
It does. But it's what you do with that. Do you verbalize that? You know? And so in uh, Philippians 2.14, and we use this with our kids, do all things without complaining and grumbling. Okay? And that goes not just for our kids. Okay? If the Bible is good for our kids, it's good for us as well. And ladies, it com- again, it comes back to that respect. James 3.2, James 3.2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is perfect, able also to bridle the whole body. Remember the damage that words can do. Remember that as you face life's challenges, try to keep it positive, okay, and find the contentment. Now, how do we find the contentment? Now, our hope really comes from God, not earthly stuff or not people. So many people in society right now are trying to find trying to find joy. Again, we talked about alcohol, drugs, sex. People out there are searching. We, as Christians, have that joy. Where does that joy come from? God. Abuna talked about it in the sermon today. Hope. Okay, that hope springs eternal. Romans 5.5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Contentment, ladies and guys, involves teachability and gratitude. Philippians 4.11. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Contentment is a mindset, a way of thinking, taking the garbage life throws us in our stride. Contentment really depends largely on how much you trust God. Seeing life from his perspective helps us with our keep our perspective. Life is hard. Okay, we all know life is hard. With contentment comes peace in all situations, which will make respect and submission so much easier. There are whole books related to contentment and finding contentment, something that I can't cover in the limited time that I have here. But again, ladies, three keys, okay? Healthy, happy marriages. We're talking real talk here. You need to find contentment, okay? Not contentment in your Prince Charming, okay, because Prince Charming is going to fail you. You need to find contentment in God, okay? And again, whole other series we can do on contentment. All right. So what are some of the results when a wise woman respects and submits to her husband? Four real quick things. She becomes more Christ-like, okay? If you do these things, if you become respectful and submit, okay, she become, you become more Christ-like. She gains greater trust in God, okay? More trust in God means more contentment, which means less like a dripping faucet. The marriage is strengthened, okay? So that's the benefit, okay? Your marriage is strengthened through it, and you also become a witness to the world. Again, the world is looking for hope, okay? We find hope through God. How many people want that? You have a happy marriage. People are going to come flonging in, or flonging, I've made up a new word, flocking in to see what is so different about you. Why, why are you different? Where is that hope coming from? People want hope. They desire hope. They will go to huge extremes to find hope. We have hope. We just need to, we just need to rein that hope in and build on that hope. Two last slides. Almost done. Okay. This is your choice, okay? You can choose one of the two cycles, the crazy cycle, okay? The one on the left-hand side, all right? Without love, all right? He does something, she reacts. She reacts without respect. He reacts without love. And then you can see where that's going, right? Okay? And it just kind of gets into a nasty, nasty, nasty cycle. Now, the energizing cycle, okay? She, she, he does something. It motivates her. She gives him more respect, it then motivates him for more love. Okay, then you can kind of see where that one's going. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a feedback loop. Okay, you, bu- you put some in, you get more. You put some in, you get more. 
I turned this in the circle of love. And I didn't have space. I, again, I was going to keep with the Disney theme and, and do the whole Lion King thing, the circle of life, the circle of love. Um, now, and also, and I know in your handout, too, this is the, the last figure you have in your handout. <laughs> that little line that I put in there is nowhere near you can write this stuff. So you're going to have to figure out a way to paraphrase what's in here. Is, but again, this is another one of these loops. That if you have a wife, okay, who does more and more to show respect to her husband and to serve her husband and love him, then he is going to show love to her. Okay, and the more he shows his love to her and his willingness to lay down his life like Christ laid down his life for the church, the more the wife is going to want to respect him. Okay, it's got to start somewhere. And ladies, okay, typically you guys are much stronger at this. Okay, relationships is your thing, right? Okay, ladies, the relationship is your thing. All right, you got to help us out. We're weak. All right, help us out with this one. And that's why this is real talk directed to the ladies. You can get this loop going. You can be the catalyst for this loop. You get in there, and even though it's tough, and even though, as guys, we are failing and we are making mistakes, if you can show us respect, submission, okay, and you are content in all circumstances, it doesn't matter, good or bad, you show contentment because you trust God, think about what that's going to do for your marriage. Okay, and singles, okay, this is key. This is something I didn't know. There's many things that I didn't know. Okay, but this one is huge. The respect thing, it took Susan and I years and years and years to work out the respect thing. And especially when things went bad. When, when I was not happy early on, I made a lot of foolish mistakes. I talked to other people a lot instead of talking to Susan, instead of talking to somebody who could make a difference. I talked to my family, talked to my friends and stuff like that. And I know people do it. Okay, that does not build a marriage. That destroys a marriage. Okay, and as couples, you do it. We did it in dating. Think about all the time, even the junior high and high school dating, right? What do you guys do? Uh, you know, you talk to everybody about what's going on and things like that. No, that's, okay, you're already setting up bad habits. And as Buna said in his first week, okay, the bad habits that start as singles, you take into marriage. Okay, that's the problem. That's why you guys got to nip it in the bud. Okay, that's why you need to, to look at the Bible and what the Bible says about respecting and being submissive. Okay, to build that relationship, that love, that happy marriage that Abuna talked about. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Love is not envy. Okay, those are the things that we want to do. Abuna talked about love being a, uh, like marriage being a box. So much in the world, okay, the world goes, sees this box as you bring stuff into the marriage, okay, and then you just take and take and take and take. What we're asking you to do is put stuff into the box. The more you put into that box, it's going to start overflowing, right? And if there's overflowing and your love tank is full, then that can't help but spill out and show in your lives and show in your relationships and stuff like that. So instead of seeing it as a selfish pull, 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 we need to put in, we need to put in, we need to put in. And that's why, again, ladies, this is Ladies' Day at the Well. Okay, guys, though, we have a huge role in this. We have to step up. Marriage can be wonderful. Marriage can be happy. And marriage is constantly growing. That's what's the best thing about it. I can't imagine my life without being married. I really can't. Okay, there's days when it's not easy. Okay, there's days I know that Susan would love to ship me off to somewhere. Okay, but again, it is one of these things that if you find 
you can start to build those healthy relationships. Find contentment in God, not contentment in your spouse. And then work on mutual respect, mutual communications, and being really honest with people, you can have a happy marriage. Okay? It is a message of hope. And it is a message of hope that the world wants to see. So with that, I'm actually not going to take any questions because we're pretty much out of time. I know now I do a lot of stuff upstairs on the third floor and I know the teachers are going, when are they finishing up in the well? When are they finishing up the well? So you guys can get your kids. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you all to stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your love and your caring for us. We thank you so much for the model that you have given us in terms of a model of being a servant and the power that we can still have even though we are submitting to one another, submitting out of love, submitting out of a desire to be more like you, the hope that comes from knowing you, from having a relationship with you, from growing closer to you. We thank you, dear Lord, and I ask you, dear Lord, to guide us, guide us, guide our steps and the words that come out of our mouth so that they are building one another up, not tearing one another down. I thank you, dear Lord, for this, this opportunity, and I ask you, dear Lord, to please be with all the members of this church, all the people that they interact with, and our families, dear Lord, and especially with Abuna and Marianne as he's traveling. We ask you to please bring him back safely, and we just thank you for your love. We ask you to hear our prayers through the intercessions of St. Mary and all the saints as we pray thankfully. Our Father.